Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, let's see here now. Uh, The former president of the United States' attorney was on TV over the weekend saying, they're going to file for a mistrial, but she can't talk about it because there's a gag order, so she can't talk about the mistrial. It's amazing what we're watching here. The most vindictive politics play out. And Tim Scott is out of the race as the Republican establishment rallies around Nikki Haley. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli kicking off another week. And uh, I'll tell you, I'm not surprised Tim Scott is out. I I always liked Tim Scott. I was very, very, uh, I still am very fond of the guy. I knew he was not going to become the nominee, obviously. Um, Trump's going to be the nominee. And I've been telling you this. And uh, Tim Scott would be an excellent choice for number two, in my opinion, in a lot of respects. But, uh but good. I mean, he 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 ran and he traded some shots with Nikki Haley a little bit, which is which is fine. Uh, smart of him to recognize now that it's time to exit the stage. Others should probably do the same at this point. They really should. But Nikki Haley was on over the weekend saying that her polls are soaring and the money is pouring in. She's not wrong that the money's pouring in because the Republican establishment realizing that Ron DeSantis is not going to stop Trump, and yet the Republican establishment still wants to stop Trump, they are now trying to rally around somebody else. And the person they have their eyes set on is Nikki Haley with this belief that uh, a woman can can win, as if women only vote for women, and that's that. So that's what is happening on the presidential politics front of all things. And I, I tell you, as I continue to think about Joe Biden here in this mess that we're in with the Middle East and Ukraine funding, the problem that I have with Nikki Haley is that she's all in on Ukraine. The Republican conservative libertarian voters are not there. They're just not there. And trying to educate everybody about why we need to be all in on Ukraine is not a winning strategy. It's just not. But the world is it's a mess right now. Everything that you see. Barack Obama, who is really still the president, let's be honest, Barack Obama last week coming out and saying nobody's hands are clean in this war. Then you heard Alan Dershowitz on this show attack Barack Obama as a villain, saying that he is a villain in all this, which is great. Now he's saying it everywhere, but he first said it here. He said it with Maria Bartiromo over the weekend. And even Bill Maher is disappointed in Obama's war remarks. He's deeply disappointed, too. But guys like Dershowitz, guys like Bill Maher, you shouldn't be disappointed. 
because this is exactly who Barack Obama is. Why you're surprised by this, I don't know. This is the guy who was pushing a strategy for Iran to have a giant nuclear deal, and he was secretly giving them billions and billions of dollars of cash. They had money delivered on pallets. So why should any of this be a surprise to anyone at this point? This is who the guy is. This is the guy's foreign policy, and that foreign policy is alive and well in this White House. Because let's face it, Joe Biden doesn't know what the hell's going on. Oh, and speaking of Joe Biden and his government and the weaponization of government, Mark Houck is going to be on the show later today. Mark Houck, of course, local dad who was who was uh, the, the Biden Justice Department raided his home, 20 heavily armed FBI agents dragging him out on a Sunday morning over this issue at this Planned Parenthood clinic in Philadelphia. That was so egregious of a prosecution that even Larry Krasner himself did not press charges. But Mark Houck is now suing the federal government. The problem is, though, that the feds, like, like most law enforcement, turn around and they say, well, we have immunity. So you can't sue us. Uh, you could try, but you're not going to get anything. But nevertheless, he's pushing forward with that. And meanwhile, Biden's weapon, weaponized Department of Justice is also going after the mayor of New York City, investigating him over whether or not Mayor Eric Adams cleared red tape for the Turkish government regarding the opening of a Manhattan high-rise housing the Turkish consulate general. And this was, he wasn't even mayor yet. This was after he won the primary. But he pressed city officials to allow the opening of this Manhattan high-rise, which housed the Turkish consulate general. And so now the FBI is going after him for that. This is from 2021, two years ago. They're, they're going after him now. They knew about it then. They know about it now. The only difference is that he's been running his mouth off about Joe Biden's horrible immigration policy, and that's why they're going after him. Much like Bob Menendez. Bob Menendez is a crook. Everybody knew he's a crook, and everybody knows he's a crook. But why are they going after Bob Menendez now? They're going after Bob Menendez now because Bob Menendez ran his mouth off on the $6 billion Iran deal, just like he did the last time when he was indicted, running his mouth off about the Iran deal. So two things can be true at the same time. You could be corrupt and guilty, and also the government could be going after you purely for political purposes, which is what we're seeing with a lot of these guys right now. And um, it's not a surprise. As far as Israel goes, Israel, we are watching the world tell Israel how to fight a war. And Israel's a sovereign nation. Israel should be left to do what Israel believes is right to secure its own country. That is the premise of sovereignty right there. Of course, we have a world right now that A, doesn't like Israel, and B, does not believe in national sovereignty. Let's face it, that's a big component of this. They don't believe that countries should be sovereign. They believe that all countries should be part of a big collective, a big world collective. And speaking of that world collective, that world collective is coming to San Francisco. Amazing how fast they cleaned up the city streets of San Francisco to get ready for Xi Jinping. I watched this interview on a local news channel up there, and we have the audio for you. And, you know, one of the guys, a local guy, a resident, he's, and he says this, what I was thinking the entire time. He says, why couldn't they have just done this sooner? Great question. They cleaned up the trains, the streets, the buses. Why didn't they do this sooner? Because they don't care about you. They, they care more about the rights of the homeless than they do about you as a taxpayer. That's the reason why. And when all these bigwigs leave San Francisco and the World Conference is over, it's going to go right back to the hellhole that it always was. Do you know that people are leaving Chicago because they're saying Chicago is so bad and they actually are going back to countries in Latin America saying the American dream is dead? They're, they're fleeing Chicago and other cities like that because they're like, this place stinks. I'd rather go back to my third world country. 
I mean, they, 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 they fled their countries to come to America, and now they're going back to Venezuela. I saw this story, and I, I thought it was just amazing. Migrant families journey back to Venezuela, more leaving Chicago as the winter looms. The American dream doesn't exist anymore. I mean, talk about this one woman. Uh, her name is Andrea Carolina Sevilla, and she's, she was in Mexico. She was in Venezuela. And now they can't get in the school of in Chicago and the crime is crazy. And so they're leaving, you know, they're leaving. And they 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 got here believing that if they made it here, they took this treacherous, treacherous journey to get to the United States of America, that the doors would be open for them. The problem is that the cities are rife with crime. They don't have the resources. It is a lie that the left has told the world, which is come to America and you'll be you'll be fine. You'll you'll get here. You'll get citizenship. You'll get benefits. You'll get money. You'll get everything you need and everything's going to be fine. Well, they, they may have gotten aid. They may have gotten some money, but everything's not fine. They they have a lot of problems. And so they're turning around and they're saying this place stinks. There's a hell hole. I don't want to be here for this. And while this is going on and we're watching all these cities that are cleaning themselves up, you got to think to yourself, why, why can't they do this sooner? And again, they could. They absolutely could. They just don't want to because they believe, they really do. It's a belief in their hearts that if a person wants to live in a tent on a street and defecate on a street, they should have the God-given right to do that. Although they don't believe in God, but you know what I mean. They should have the right to do that. And, who, and who's the city to tell them they can't do that? Who, who, who among us can tell them that? I mean, just look at Philadelphia's homeless problem, too. And then what? who suffers? Well, the people that are homeless suffer. They don't get the benefits they need, the resources they need. I mean, talking about actual, like, health benefits, mental health benefits, resources, the, the care that could be provided to them that we're all paying for as tax dollars, taxpayers. But if you just say, well, they're allowed to be on the street, well, that, you know, then that's, you're going to drive right by them. And you see this happening every single day. So they're just going to keep suffering. They're on the streets because of a mental health crisis, let's be honest. As much as this economy stinks, 9 out of 10 people you see every day when you drive in or out of Philadelphia standing there with signs, there's a mental health issue going on here, a bad one. But if we pretend like there isn't and we pretend that this is some sort of a social justice movement, all we're doing is hurting them. And you're hurting the city, of course. Then a lot of a lot of people who pay tax dollars don't want to be in that city. They leave, and now you've got less money coming in. The schools deteriorate even further. It becomes a cascading problem. And how do you turn it around? Well, you turn it around by having Republicans get in there and clean up the cities, but these people, these cities keep voting Democrat. So, yeah, you know, what what are you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Is the question. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. But a, a, a former President Donald Trump, excuse me, has filed a legal motion to have his federal election trial televised. I love this idea. I hope it happens. We should all get a chance to watch this fiasco. Why not? He's running for president. He can't talk about anything because there's a gag order on him. So show it on TV. I'd love to watch it. We haven't had a good televised trial since a long time. Maybe Amanda Knox in Italy might have been the last one. But lawyers for former President Donald Trump said in a legal filing on Friday that his federal election criminal trial should be televised so that Americans can now see how he is being treated unfairly. He's exactly right. Trump's filing expresses his support for a request from a media coalition asking U.S. District Judge Tanya Shutkin to allow the trial to be broadcast. 
He's accused, of course, of conspiracy to defraud the United States. How did he defraud the United States is my question. How? What, what did he do exactly? His words defrauded the United States by saying that there was election interference that's defrauding the United States. And every Democrat who's denied that he won the election should be in jail, sharing a cell. Uh, he's charged with conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. You know, like what was not charged against that Democrat congressman who pulled the fire alarm. That guy did not get those charges, just for the record, even though he absolutely obstructed an official proceeding. Obstruction of an election, uh, uh, conspiracy against rights. Conspiracy against rights. What was the conspiracy against rights? By saying that the election was stolen from him, that somehow deprived you of your rights to what exactly? How were, how were you hurt in that whole thing? Even if you didn't believe it, even if you were a Joe Biden voter and you're convinced the election was fair, then how, how did you suffer? Biden's president, you, you got to vote for him. What, how are you in any way, shape or form hurt? You know, typically in these kind of trials, you got to actually show a victim. Who's the victim in all this? They go, well, democracy's a victim. How? First of all, we're not a democracy, but that's for another show. The point is, how? The guy, Joe Biden's in the White House. So who was hurt here? There haven't been any instances where people said that they didn't get to vote for Joe Biden. You had that stupid, dumb meme about text your vote for Hillary. That guy's going to jail for 60 days. But what did, and he should not be because that's freedom of speech and satire. But what did Trump do to stop any person from being able to vote for Joe Biden? And did Trump's words going out there and saying that that the election was stolen, did it stop Joe Biden from becoming president? No. And they have not charged him with inciting an insurrection. Now, they may. They still may. They may throw additional charges at him. But I would argue he certainly did not do that when he said we're going to march down there peacefully. But even if his words inspired people to riot on January 6, 2021, the high holy day of the left, that's on the individuals. That's not on his words. Political speech is political speech. If, if somebody screams, if Bernie Sanders screams over and over again, we've got to take back our country, we've got to take back our country, and uh, we need a revolution, and the guy goes out there and shoots Steve Scalise, that's not on Bernie Sanders. That's on the, the crackpot that shot Steve Scalise. I've been very consistent about this over the years. The only people that are, are not consistent, though, are the people on the left, because they turn around and they say, and they mean this. They really do. They turn around and they say, well, uh, his words led to January 6th happening. And then to that point, I say, okay, so what happened on January 6th? Well, we almost didn't have uh, Biden become president. And then I followed it up by saying, well, how? Explain that to me. What happened? What would have stopped Joe Biden from becoming the president of the United States? Even if the, the Congress had voted to send it back to the states, which was never going to happen once the first window was smashed in, Joe Biden's president. So where's the harm? What happened? Where is the defrauding of the United States of America here? But it's a joke, and since it's a joke trial, it should be televised. Quote, for the first time in American history, an incumbent administration has charged its main leading electoral opponent with a criminal offense. Aware that its charges are meritless, the prosecution has sought to proceed in secret, forcing the nation and the world to rely on biased secondhand accounts coming from the Biden administration and its media allies. As a result, the citizens of our great country are unable to review for themselves what the facts of this case. Actually, uh, Matt, can we jump in? Donald Trump Jr. is speaking outside the fraud trial in New York City. Can we jump in and hear what he has to say? That just, uh, uh, are you able to pull that up? Just talk to me, Matt. Talk to me in my, in my headphones. Say something, anything. I don't know. A- anyone? Fox News? Hey, can you turn it on? Rich. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah we're oh, is it over? Now. Okay, I think it just ended. Oh, yeah. All right, we'll grab the audio of that. No problem. 
uh, we'll we'll get the audio of that. Just he just spoke a minute ago. Anyway, so the so the point is that when you're when you're looking at what Trump is asking to have the trial televised, absolutely televise it, show it on TV, put it on TV, and let everyone see it for what it is. Let everyone see it for what it is, and the media should be behind this too. And there is a a coalition of media groups that have sued to try to get this to happen because federal court rules currently stipulate that federal trials cannot be broadcast. But the media that's filing along with Trump, they hope that this could be an exception. The filing added that the public would benefit by seeing the case and would see that it was a charade. Quote, President Trump absolutely agrees and in fact demands that these proceedings should be fully televised so that the American public can see firsthand that this case just like others, is nothing more than a dreamt-up unconstitutional charade that should never be allowed to happen again. Trump's lawyer said that confidence in the American justice system would be undermined if the proceedings took place behind closed doors. The former president's legal team also said that the prosecution had given them millions of pages of evidence and thousands of hours of videos with little time to review. And the filing added that Trump could present evidence about the 2020 election during the trial, which the public should have a right to see. That's the other point about this, too. I don't think he needs to go on and defend his claims that the election were stolen from him because you should have a right to just say those things. In America, you should have a right to believe what you want and say what you want. But since there's a different standard of justice, he can prove his points about how he believes the election were stolen. No, Democrats don't have to do that. You know, Hakeem Jeffries doesn't have to prove how Russia stole the election from Hillary Clinton. He doesn't have to say he didn't prove a damn thing because he doesn't get in trouble for saying it. Neither does the vampiric one, Nancy Pelosi. Neither does Hillary Clinton, Jimmy Carter. On and on it goes. They're all allowed to go out there and say Trump's an illegitimate president. They don't have to prove it and they don't have to they don't have to worry about getting prosecuted for it either. So you see, what I've said is that Trump should not have to waste his time explaining why he believes the election was stolen, because it should just be a First Amendment issue. It should just be freedom of speech, period. But since we do not live in that country, we live in this country, the country now where we prosecute our political enemies. Oh, and a great moment of irony, David Brooks from The New York Times, the, the phony, fake, fugazi conservative for The New York Times, actually went on about how If Trump gets in there, they will start prosecuting their political enemies and it'll be the end of democracy. I know the irony. You just can't make it up. You just go, dude, do you have no sense of irony with what you just said? Anyway, here is Donald Trump Jr. outside the fraud trial in New York City where he just testified, just leaving the courtroom. Take a listen. Very large banks get paid back millions of dollars. There's no complaint from them, but an overzealous attorney general decides to try to break up a transaction and the the implications for future fraud if perhaps they don't donate to her political campaign for any businesses operating in and around New York uh, are truly staggering, but that shouldn't surprise anyone based on everything that we've seen coming out of this attorney general, her statements both before having any knowledge while running uh, and today. uh, It's just a really sad state of affairs for New York, and again, where there is no actual person complaining other than the attorney general herself. It sets a precedent our insurance company is going to start suing hospital patients for listening to their doctors. Are they going to go after any transaction that doesn't contribute to their political campaigns? Uh, I would think that this would set a precedent to make it impossible for anyone to actually do business in or around New York City. But 
based on everything else I see in New York these days, it doesn't seem like they care. Hopefully one day the people of this great city will realize what's going on, they'll realize the destructive practices here, they'll realize just how insane that is, uh, and they'll be begging for guys like Donald Trump to come back to New York City to reshape the skyline as he's done for decades. Any comment about your answer? Yeah, obviously a little bit. All right, you're listening. There you go. Uh, He's not wrong. Obviously, he's not wrong. But uh, remember, this is still the government going after Donald Trump and going after his businesses. This is not a private insurance company going after him. This is not a bank going after him. This is the government going after him, which is why he should get a jury trial. It's one thing if if uh, if an insurance company sues him civilly and says you you uh, inflated the value of the property that we had to insure. Okay, that's a civil case. That's a civil case. Same thing if a bank does that. If a bank wants to sue him and say you undervalued the worth of something, that's a civil case. But when the government does it on their behalf, even though none of them complained, even though no banks, no insurance companies turned around and actually complained about it, if the government does that and has the power to destroy his empire, destroy his businesses destroy his companies, then that is such a damage to his property that the spirit of the Sixth Amendment should prevail and he should get a jury trial and not this idiot judge with his weird proclivities and his kids weird proclivities with this judge in charge of making this decision when this is clearly a very very hostile hostile trial i heard andy mccarthy talking about this on fox news earlier today and you know andy mccarthy is not afraid to criticize trump when he believes trump should have to be criticized but but what andy mccarthy was saying and he's right about this is that this case is nothing more than retaliation against trump Letitia James is a politician. She ran on getting Trump. She's getting Trump. She's fulfilling her campaign promise, period. So I'll talk more about that as well. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Uh, A lot going on in the world today. I'll tell you about the hostages that are being held. The Secret Service opening fire on carjackers in Washington, D.C. in the posh Georgetown section of D.C. Don't go away. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Riverton. We know your favorite station is Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Always live on the free Odyssey app.
of course is does the state have a right to keep your baby's dna and do whatever the hell they want with it we'll tackle that with uh brian morris the attorney at the institute for justice a little bit later this hour uh some pretty pretty bad economic numbers just came out a short time ago as well and the other question that i have to ask is how did we get here to this place of cancel culture how do we start here what how did we get to this moment now where Colleges have become actually cancel culture factories, indoctrination camps. Well, we'll talk to Greg Lakayanoff about that. Greg is the president and CEO of the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression. He's got a new book, How American Colleges Gave Birth to Cancel Culture. So we'll have that conversation with Greg. And um, I don't know. I just, you know, as I look at the political news around Trump and this trial and, and everything else, I, I, I just... Like there's a story from Daily Mail. Donald Trump Jr. boasts about bringing sexiness to real estate as he takes the stand for his father's defense in the $250 million fraud trial. And what he said was, uh, he said, he's an artist with real estate, Trump Jr. said of his father. That is his canvas that he creates. He is a creative guy and he's also good at building. He walked the court through some of his father's masterpiece in a PowerPoint presentation of images of the property, specifically Trump's residence of Mar-a-Lago. Donald Trump and his two adult sons, who serve as co-executive vice presidents of the Trump Organization, are accused of inflating the ex-president's net worth by about $2.2 billion to obtain favorable terms on loans. I'd say it's good to be here, Your Honor, but I'm afraid the attorney general would sue me for perjury, the eldest Trump sibling said at one point in the trial. As you can see, Letitia James sitting there in court smirking, smirking, because she is a politician. That's what she is. She's a politician. So Trump's defense case in this fraud trial, as Andy McCarthy puts it, he asked the question, with the defense beginning its presentation of evidence today, will the peculiar civil fraud trial against Trump and his adult sons in the Trump organization take a new turn? No. The defense has about as much chance of making headway by calling its own witnesses as it did in moving to dismiss the case last week. None. That is because Judge Arthur Engeron ruled even before the trial started that the defendants are liable for engaging in a persistent pattern of fraud. Persistent fraud is the first and most important cause of action in the case. New York State Attorney General Letitia James brought it under a monstrous statute that makes it possible to establish fraud with no proof of fraudulent intent, much less fraudulent effect. There are think of, Just think about that for, for a moment. The State Attorney General 
brought this case under a statute that makes it possible to establish fraud with no proof of fraudulent intent, much less fraudulent effect. <laughs> There's no intent and there was no effect. Nobody got hurt. Nobody lost money. No, nobody was taken advantage of. And there was no intent to do any of those things anyway. Just think of how political this trial is in New York, in New York State. Persistent fraud, persistent fraud is the mo- first and most important cause of action in the case. This statute, this, this attorney general, this judge. Now, there are six other causes of action on which the judge did not rule pre-trial. That ostensibly is why this trial, now well into its second month, is taking place. But the trial has settled into a farcical who's on first loop along the following lines. Judge says, I find you guilty of fraud. Now let's proceed with the trial. Trump's defense says, well, we will show you that there was no fraud. The judge says, no, you won't. I've already ruled that you're guilty of fraud. The only question now is how much? Trump's lawyers say, but we believe there is no fraud. If the central question in the trial is how much, the answer is zero. The judge says, well, it can't be zero fraud. Defense says, well, why can't it be zero fraud? We have a case. We have witnesses. The judge says, because I've already found you guilty. So the defense then turns around and says, so what's the point of the trial? And the judge says, to figure out how guilty. The defense says, but we're not guilty. The judge says, I already said you're guilty. Now let's proceed with the trial. (laughs) I mean, does that sound like America to you? Does that sound like the United States of America? This is how we begin. This is how we go. Where the judge has already decided guilt, the attorney general's decided guilt. I mean, everybody's already decided that this is, they're guilty. And it's a gigantic waste of time. And it's un-American. And it's cruel, quite frankly. It really is. It's cruel. But it's about getting Trump. So Letitia James is fulfilling a campaign promise. And I told you she wants to become governor of New York. She will run for governor. She absolutely will. She will run for governor of New York one day. And she will turn around and tell everybody that she fulfilled her campaign promise of getting Donald Trump. That's what I'm talking about. These are ambitious people. And she will, she'll, be, she'll join a long line of people who were attorneys general of New York, who then became governor. And she'll join a long line of people who were, who were prosecutors who then ran for state office, higher office. And she's a very ambitious politician. But let's not forget something. She's a politician, first and foremost. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Does the state have a right to your baby's DNA? A landmark case going on in the state of New Jersey by the wonderful attorneys at the Institute for Justice, one of my favorite firms where they fight for liberty every single day. We'll have that conversation with you straight ahead. Um, all the all this talk about attorneys in court is a good reminder, though, that if you are hurt in an accident, you need an attorney to represent you, to go on your behalf and battle for you. Please do not assume the insurance companies have your back. They don't have your back. Insurance companies are big businesses, and they are concerned with one thing, their back, their bottom line, not yours. So you need the law offices of Thomas G. Skopinich. Scope is a great guy, scopelawyer.com. A great attorney who's a fighter, and for 25 years, he has been delivering real results for our region. For the people of both sides of the river, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, he can can represent you on either side. And he will go to the mattresses for you, as, as we say, and fight really hard in court. 
So if you've been hurt, reach out to him today by going to scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E, lawyer.com. And forget the big billboard lawyers that you see every day when you're driving. You want the personal touch. A guy who's going to actually meet with you, who's actually going to fight you, isn't looking to be a clown in a billboard. He's just looking to fight and get you the best result for your case. The highest settlement possible to maximize your recovery. The Law Offices of Thomas G. Scope and it's scopelawyer.com. It's the Rich Zioli Show, live from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All right, a question for you today is, does the state have a right to take your baby's DNA and hold it for decades and do pretty much whatever they want for it? That is the question that, well, we have to ask ourselves because it's happening in New Jersey, among other states around the country as well. Welcome back. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. I know the couple in question here. I've actually known them for a long time. Uh, They are people I was involved in Jersey politics with for a number of years. Erica and Jeremy Jeniak. And here to talk about it, Brian Morris is the attorney at the Institute for Justice. They are a firm that fights for liberty. Hey, Brian, thanks for joining me on the show. I appreciate it. Rich, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. You bet. So Erica and and, uh, Jeremy's case is interesting. I I read about it and I said, oh, I know them. But I had no idea as a dad, uh, and I have a three-year-old. Our baby was born three years ago, obviously, in a hospital in New Jersey. I had no idea that her DNA would be stored for, what, what is it, 22 years? Is that right? 23 it's it's the the state has yeah the state's decided to keep it for a little over two decades now the the question of this genetic privacy issue and 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 i'm reading about this now new jersey parents file federal class action lawsuit challenging the state's secret retention of newborn blood for 23 years do do parents know this is going on is there anything they have to sign is there anything that, that that they're even aware of no and that's that's one of the big problems is so there's the initial prick, you know, where they take your, your kid's blood to test for these uh, super rare diseases. You don't even give consent for that. Um, they they give you a little handout that says, hey, this is in your baby's best interest. We're going to look for these super rare diseases just to let you know we're taking this blood. Um, we're not we're not challenging that. Um, but then what they do afterwards is keep it. And, and they're not telling anybody about that. Um, and we just found out about it um, a little bit over a year ago. And then what do they do with it when they keep it? So uh, a couple things. So they, they put it in this database. Um, it's a this temperature-controlled room that we think is just outside Trenton, um, New Jersey. We're kind of trying to figure that out. But then it's a little bit of a black box, and that's kind of the one of the big problems is that there's no law telling New Jersey they're allowed to do this. Um, so they kind of – there's no oversight. So they've been caught um, giving it to – police for investigations without a warrant. Um, we're pretty confident that they've been giving it to researchers, um, maybe to make a profit. And then, you know, other states like Texas have been caught even giving it over to the Pentagon. Wait, giving babies DNA to the Pentagon for what purpose? Correct. Yeah. That, so Texas got, got busted in a similar lawsuit. They were giving blood to the Pentagon to kind of create this kind of secret national, hopefully one day international database. Um, and it's not entirely clear what they were doing with it, but the, yeah, Texas had to destroy millions of blood spots and ask the Pentagon to return all the blood. 
All right. Now, as you're a smart guy, the Institute of Justice, you guys fight for liberty over there. Give me, give me some of the nightmare scenarios of what could possibly go wrong here with the government having access to all of this. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's, you know, your your fundamental kind of role as a parent is to protect your kids. And here is a super you know, it's a it's a very unique thing to your kids, their blood, their DNA that you are now you have no control over. And once it's in the state's hands, you know, they could use it against your child. You know, I think with with Erica, um, you know, I was talking to her and she's, you know, like any parent, you kind of hope, hey, I'm going to raise my kid and I hope that they're a law abiding citizen. And I hope everything goes wonderful for them. But um you know, it's also we're kind of presuming guilt in these babies that we're taking their blood to, hey, maybe one day we need to use it against them to solve a crime. Um, or, um, you know, it's it's really the scary thing is it's it's since there is no oversight on New Jersey, it's only the way they can use the blood is really only limited by, you know, the state's own imagination where who knows in 5, 10, 15, 20 years what the capabilities are with um, you know, genetic, DNA and genetic sequencing or what they can do with this blood um, that might come back and harm their kids. Or, or discrimination, right? I mean, if they find exactly. something that, that we don't even know about now, five years from now, and they, and they use it to discriminate against my children, for example. Absolutely. It's very it's very troubling, but at the heart of it, Brian Morris, is the just a fundamental point. It's my child. I should at, at the very least know about this and have the option to opt out. That's number one. I should I should know about it and have the option to be able to opt out and say, no, you can't store this stuff, and that's the end of it. But But then we go to the next level of this, which is in some of these cases around the country where you guys have been involved in this and you've won because rightly so i mean the government should have no right to your dna to your to your most your, your most precious private information without a warrant uh and then they just they have to destroy this stuff which is good but in the meantime while this is all being litigated what's to stop somebody from going in and breaking into this facility and stealing this or, or hacking into the information and getting it. And then, you know, the, you had social security numbers hacked all the time. Well, what about your DNA source code getting hacked? Well, exactly. And that's, that's one of our big concerns is, um, you know, it's our position just by them keeping it, you know, violates the fourth amendment. And that just by them keeping it is, is even if they don't do anything with it in, in our view is extremely problematic. And that's one of the reasons why is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's sitting in this, in this warehouse and we don't know who has access to it, what the security's like, um, you know, all these different things that, you know, we would, we, we want the state to answer it and let us know because we don't know what New Jersey's doing with it. We don't know. I mean, at this point, we don't even know if the room's locked. I mean, you have, we have no idea on, right. on, on the access and the security for this. Uh, now, I'm reading here on the Institute for Justice website, which is IJ.org, IJ.org. What makes New Jersey's program so uniquely disturbing is the complete lack of safeguards for future abuse and the lack of consent, which leaves the program ripe for abuse. And then we realize that New Jersey is not alone here in this. There are other states dealing with this as well. Texas, Minnesota, Michigan have all faced lawsuits over this. You mentioned the Texas one. Minnesota, the lawsuit there resulted in 1.1 million blood samples being destroyed. Michigan agreed to destroy 3 million blood spots. But that lawsuit continues to move forward. So the first question that I'll ask is, has the state of New Jersey responded and said anything like, hey, we weren't even aware we're doing this. We'll destroy these right away. Or do you anticipate this is going to be a legal fight? 
Joe, that's a great question. I mean, they have not responded. They have until I think right now we served them. So they have until the day after Thanksgiving to respond. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't be surprised what, what Michigan did when they responded to their lawsuit was they filed a motion to dismiss saying nothing we're doing is wrong and you should just dismiss the lawsuit and let us keep doing what we're doing. Um, thankfully the, the, the judge, the federal judge saw past that and ruled against them, but I wouldn't be surprised if New Jersey kind of took the same approach. Um, there were legislative efforts that we were involved in to try to fix this through, um, the, the legislative effort in New Jersey, which kind of ended up falling apart. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. The state can can come back and say, you know, we want to fix this. But our position is, you know, in, unless we have unless the laws are changed or we have a court order telling them they can't do this, we'll keep fighting. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, Brian Morris, attorney at the Institute for Justice, New Jersey, is is holding baby's DNA for 23 years without any consent whatsoever from the parents. I appreciate the fight uh, real fast. The Institute for Justice. I know you guys do a lot of work over there for Liberty. What are some of the other big landmark cases you're working on right now? Um, you know, we're excited. We have two cases up in front of the U.S. Supreme Court this term. Um, one is a Fifth Amendment case. So that's the government has to pay you if they take your property. Um, that's a big one down in, in Texas where the, uh, the Texas Highway Department ended up building this highway to this guy's property and put a dam up on one side of the of the road so that when it floods, the road doesn't get flooded. Um, but but the, what ends up happening is his entire property got flooded. His cows died, his crops died. Um, and Texas said, no, oh, well, good luck. We're not going to pay you for it. Um, so the Supreme Court took that case um, where we're arguing that that's a Fifth Amendment taking. Um, and then we also do a lot of First Amendment retaliation cases. Um, it's one of the areas that I work a lot in. And we have another case in front of the U.S. Supreme Court this year that's deciding, you know, if, the, if you engage in protected speech and criticize your government, when are you allowed to sue them when they charge you with bogus crimes? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. When are you allowed to sue them? And when are you actually able to get them to pay up too? Because we're going to be exactly. talking to Pastor Mark Hauk a little bit later in the show. I'm I know you're familiar with that case where uh, the government raided his home and the FBI arrested him. And you know the the process is the punishment. It was a BS case and he was acquitted by a jury. But the fact is that the the government you know he's suing the government now. And and the question is, does the government ever are, are there ever any ramifications for what they do wrong? I was also very exactly. pleased to see that the Institute for Justice has announced that the Indiana Supreme Court has ruled that property owners in civil forfeiture cases are entitled to a jury trial. That's great because, you know, the yeah. difference between civil and criminal uh, forfeiture, obviously, is that in criminal forfeiture, you've been found guilty, due process, a jury found you guilty. Civil uh, asset forfeiture, they just, the government just takes your stuff. You don't even have to be charged with a crime, let alone be found guilty of something. They just decide to take it and to get it back as I know this has been a big point of what the IJ has been doing even right here in Philadelphia uh, to get it back is just such monstrous work. Oh yeah. It's, it's incredibly um, it's insane just to try to figure out the steps you need to take to challenge, you know, the, the government's designation of this may be proceeds and it's, it's, it's a real, you know, labyrinth just to figure it out. And if you, of course, if you miss any step along the way, when you're trying to figure it out, you forfeit all the proceeds that were never tied to any crime to begin with. Yeah.
Exactly right. Uh, thanks so much for joining me, Brian. I appreciate it. And uh, keep up the great work at the Institute for Justice. Send Erica and Jeremy my best. Brian Morris, appreciate your time. Thanks so much. As we continue along the show, we're also going to talk to another guy who fights for uh, freedom in the First Amendment, and that's Greg Lukianoff from FIRE, based right here in Philadelphia, the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression. He is the, uh, the head guy over there, and he also has a book that just came out as well, The Canceling of the American Mind. Cancel culture undermines trust and threatens us all, but there is a solution, and we will talk to him about that solution straight ahead. But I tell you, you know, I, I, I told you that I moved into the new house and what i didn't tell you though is that i've had to make a couple trips to the dump the town dump and i like it because i feel very manly love the stuff in the back and i have all these cuts on my hands because of course i don't wear work gloves but that's for another point Uh, anyway i have my volvo xc40 and i have loaded that thing up with trash for the dump and before i moved it was just boxes you know back and forth from the old house to the new house there is so much cargo room in my volvo xc40 and bridget has the third row with the xc90 so she's able to get the kids to all their their new sports and all their activities that they have to do and we're running around like crazy as you can imagine volvos are great cars and cherry hill volvo has an amazing amazing opportunity for you because judith krupnik They are doing a big renovation at Cherry Hill Volvo. This is a family-owned dealership. It's been in the family for for decades. Her father started the dealership. And now it's time to expand, to make room. And to do that, they have to clear out some inventory. And this is where you can really benefit. You can save $1,000 off a new Volvo on top of all their other incentives and have uh, loyalty bonuses as well. $2,000 if you use Volvo car financing and 7,500 bucks off a plug-in Volvo. So the savings are endless and the people at Cherry Hill Volvo are the absolute best. They stand with us on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. That's why we broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo studios because relationships matter and their relationship with me and their relationship with this show, you're not going to find anything better than that. You just simply won't. So please go visit them today they're right on route 70 in cherry hill beautiful volvos in stock certified pre-owned volvos that's another great opportunity to think about you get a like new volvo with an incredible warranty on it without the new car price or care by volvo the lease program i'm in where every five months you get to change to a different volvo keep the volvo you have or cancel the lease altogether it's the flexibility you deserve you're going to love driving a volvo no matter which one you pick maybe the s-class the sedan built right at their plant in south carolina or you want the suv go with the xc40 like i have you will not be disappointed or maybe you want a little bit bigger well the xc60 or you want to do the family car with the third row like bridget the xc90 either way they'll take great care of you at cherry hill volvo where relationships matter t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 